The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Wednesday morning. We are... Not we're actually not live. I I have that. That's just that just as a natural flow of things that comes out of me. We're not live. We're pre-recording this show. Uh, Lynn is taking care of her daughter. We appreciate your prayers. I know that she does as well. And uh, as as a result, we're we're trying to do that to accommodate her and the things that are going on. And yet, let her come in and give out information that's very important uh, in the times that we live in. If you want to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can watch the video portion of the show on sonsoflibertymedia.com. That's right. You can see the face is made for radio. Just go there, and uh, it'll be right there on your right, the right side of the page. Just enlarge that, and you can watch the video portion of the show. Also, you can go to uh, my Twitter account, FPPTim. We're live streaming it there, as well as my Periscope account, which is Setting Brush Fires. Our Facebook page, Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com also carries us, as well as DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. You can also find us on Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. We're not going to open up the phone lines today. Obviously, it's pre recorded, so we, that, that won't do anybody any good. But we're glad to have everybody who will be in the chat and who is in the chat that I'm. That when this plays, it feels a little weird for me to say all this kind of stuff. But just to let you know, anyway, we want to get to this is Rotten Core Wednesday, and uh, Lynn is on the line, and um, she's going to tell us a little bit more about. I want to have the see. I want to play the Star Wars Emperor music, Empire Strikes Back music, um, but I'm going to get you know censored or flagged or something shut off uh, to introduce Lynn over what we're going to be talking about today. But in any case, good morning, Lynn. Well, good morning, and how are you? I'm hanging in there. It's uh, it's a busy day, but uh, I, I, hopefully things are good with you. Well, they're slowly improving. Some days are a little bit better than others, but, you know, it's only been a week since major surgery, so, you know, all the prayers and, and supplications have been so uh, such a blessing, so thank you so much. And it's not surrounded just one daughter, but all the family, and that's really great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I let people, I didn't go into details about things, just that you were going to be with right. your daughter and uh, that uh, you would cover their prayers, and we were glad to hear that things are going well there. All right. Yeah. Now, we've got something going on here, uh, and you've come up with a new word for us. Uh, 
um, where we have, I'm, I'm not even going to say it because I'm going to let you introduce it because you're coining the word here. Uh, first time on the Sons of Liberty, but you've got it on your website, obviously, CommonCoreDiva.com. Tell people what that word is and what it's all about. Okay, well, yeah, I coined it, and it's called Indoctro Education, and it's a new word for the snow job that we're seeing happen uh, from everywhere except where it should be, which is parents and local control. So that's exactly what I meant because, you know, we've seen the demise of education over the course of however many years. We've seen the, you know, the common core has never gone away. We've seen the agenda that comes with it. And so that's it, it, just with what I found this past week, it just to me was like that's the only word you could possibly use that would even come close to describing what we're seeing happen. Okay. All right. So in education. That's going to be hard yep. for me to say because I'm just used to saying just indoctrination, and it kind of doesn't roll off the tongue there. But it but it makes the point, I think, of what you're trying to do. Yeah. So what do yeah. we got? What do we got going on with that? Because you got a new article out. Right. People can che- uh, check this out at CommonCoreDiva.com, and you've titled it "Global Stream in the USA." And "Stream" is all in capital letters, so it's anachronistic. What's that stand mm-hmm. for, and what what do you got for us? Okay, well, you know, we've talked so much about the STEM and the STEAM and how that ties over to the United Nations. Well, STREAM is a new, um, supposedly a new creation, and what it stands for is science, technology, reading, writing, engineering, arts, and math. So if ever there was a time, Tim, that we needed proof that there was a direct connection between the Common Core reform and then the United Nations STEM um, aspect, this would absolutely be it because no longer are we seeing, oh, it's just about, you know, sending people to rocket space or, you know, these sorts of things. No, this is attacking every area of education with this acronym. And supposedly... Here's the other interesting thing. The Catholic Church is laying claim to they're the ones who have created this uh, acronym. But if you look at everything that's going on behind it, you're going to see, well, okay, if the UN, no, there's no if. Since the UN claims credit for STEM and STEAM, how could they... How could the Catholic Church say, well, they came up with the stream? Because the only new letter in it is the R for the reading and the, the writing. You see where I'm going? So, But if you look at also the other aspect of this with the um, involvement of the Catholic Church so much in the United Nations, it makes perfect sense that you would have another group claiming that, hey, we're not associated, but yet we are. Okay. All right. Well, one, it's kind of funny to me. I always thought the three R's were kind of weird anyway. Reading, which starts with an R. Writing, which starts with a W. And arithmetic, which starts with an A. <laughs> now, right. That sounds weird any, anyway to me. So I guess right. these guys maybe learned it from Common Core. I don't know. Um, in any case, all right, so we've got these things in there. Now, let me let me pitch this to you because I can see some people asking, well, what's wrong with writing and and reading? Isn't that a good thing? Isn't um, uh, science and technology and engineering and arts and math, aren't these all good things? And even we, we talked about the apprenticeships. Aren't these good things? Well, in and of themselves, yes. But when it comes under what is going on here, no. Am I correct in saying that? You absolutely are spot on, and you know I've had people 
fight with me literally over this particular uh, chain of thought. It's like, oh, well, we've always had science. We've always had technology and engineering and math. Well, you know, in some applications, yes, we have. But again, when it's funneled through everything, when everything is funneled through one perspective, which is not conducive to how we were brought up or how we were raised, that makes it a problem, okay? When you see so much of our federal dollars and our local dollars going to support the um, the sustainable development goals, which is all tied into this, this was why we were seeing this shift happen. It was never about the reading, the writing, the arts, the math. It was never about the academic prowess. It was always about we need to change education. We need to use it as a change agent to undermine everything that happens in this nation. And that's exactly what we're seeing happen because it's not just science as a way to, you know, discover God's creation. No, this is science as in science is now my God instead of my my God being the one who made the world. Well, yeah, and if you're if people are wondering, well, how does this affect real life? Well, you're seeing it on display in this whole COVID nonsense. Um, you're seeing the manipulation of data. You're seeing the scrubbing of, of information. Uh, we're just doing articles today on this White Coat Summit thing. Uh, that's going on in D.C., where the doctors are speaking out on the issue of the hydroxychloroquine and zinc, um, and the and, and 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 they're even saying it. This was amazing to me. The lady who was, mm-hmm. I guess, heading it there, saying that she thought at first all of this was an attack on the president, and she said, "I come to find out, it's not really about that at all." Which right. again, we've been saying that from the beginning uh, yeah. that it's right. it's a ploy. So. What, when you when you're bringing this stuff in here, uh, this new this new idea of stream, how is that going to be Im- impactful any more than all of this other stuff that we've been talking about for some time now? Oh, very good question. Well, um, if you will show that second picture that I sent you um, from 2002, you should see in that particular picture, Tim, there should be some words that are emphasized that could help draw the audience into why this is such a big deal. Because, again, it's coming at everything from a secular viewpoint about creation. It's coming from a secular viewpoint about how the environment will always be chief over humans when, you know, that is not exactly how it's supposed to be at all. So that's just, that's where the sources are coming from, okay? Okay, we're all set. All right, so there you go. If you would, uh, why don't you read to the audience what, what the part of the highlighted portion is. Yet at the time, UNESCO was attempting to implement a new world information order in which the world's journalists would be required to pass an ideological litmus test in order to practice their craft. Theoretically, if a journalist ran afoul of the UNESCO commissars, his license could be revoked and he could face fines and possible criminal charges. This looks like it runs right over the First Amendment. Uh, Mm -hmm. this, This would have fulfilled a central plank of the Communist Manifesto, which calls for public ownership of the means of communication. In terminating U.S. membership, President Ronald Reagan stated that UNESCO had extraneously politicized virtually every subject it deals with. It has exhibited a hostility towards the basic institutions of a free society, especially a free market and a free press. You want me to read the other part below? 
Nope, that's fine. Okay. That is fine because where we, okay, you just said it kind of all the topics that go with it, okay? Express that over into education because that's exactly what is happening because nine times out of ten, what is education? It's a form of communication. So that's exactly how this, and this central plank goes in with the secular humanism, but it also comes in through two other um, particular genres as well, and that's the consequentialism and the unilateralitarianism. I knew I was going to trip up on that one. <laughs> and where we're seeing those show up in this, this stream type of education, Tim, is what's known as place-based education, okay? And if you will show that uh, it looks almost like a scale where you've got, uh, I think it is, a uh, circle, circle in the middle and you've got two boxes on either side of it. Yep, got that. that yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That shows how the place-based education uses the consequentialism and the unilateralism as its uh, kingpins for ethics, morals, and ideology, and these are being taught to children as young as kindergarten. Now, if you go back and you look at the history of consequentialism and unilateral, uh, the other one, <laughs> you'll see how dangerous this is when it's put in front of young minds who are not yet able to think on their own. Right. I, I see the, the thing that's going on here, and... Um... You've got in here, uh, David Sobel developed PBE, which is place-based education, off these two beliefs. The tones mm -hmm. are constructivism, which is Russian non-objectivity and art as well. Uh, the seven PBE principles are adventure, fantasy, uh, imagination, animals. Oh, is this talking animal stuff? Because I hate shows with talking animals. Um, as, al as allies and maps and paths for life special places. Uh, small worlds, hunting, and gathering. Uh, and then you have, because collectivism is a unifying factor, student uh, outcomes are manipulated to fit the sustainable development goals mindset, which, again, we're talking about UN mm -hmm. goals, right? Exactly, yeah. And this all hides in stuff that sounds and looks like it would be absolutely fascinating, Okay, like outdoor education or nature education or forest schools or green schools or farm schools or nature preserves. This is how it's being passed off as something that seems like it's a good thing. But when you see these, the, the indoctrination agenda behind it, that's why it can be called indoctro education. No, I see it. I, I do see that. I do see that. All right. Now, you've got another uh, visual for us right. uh, that comes up after that. Uh, this mm -hmm. is uh, for sustainability. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Okay. And, uh, Do you want I me just, to read? I don't, know where, I don't know where you want to start with that one because that just, you know, I can only talk about this so much before. I just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, I know. It, it, there's a lot of stuff, and it's, I'm, I'm amazed that you can keep up with what you can. Um, how about we just start with uh, the little yellow box here? There um, you go says, education for sustainability explicitly recognizes the role of teaching and learning and shaping the future we want. In this context, sustainability is viewed as a preferred condition. Quote, a society that is far-seeing enough, flexible enough, and wise enough not to undermine either its physical or its social systems of support. This is uh, Meadows. I'm not sure who Meadows is. Uh, 1992. 
Uh, and then mm-hmm. they continue on with that, a quality of life for all within the means of nature. This is from 95. And then, quote, the long-term integrity of the biosphere and human well-being. Oh, boy. Uh, that's 2011. And, quote, the possibility that human and other life will flourish on Earth forever, 2008. Um, mm-hmm. What's this all these about? Were, these were all the different uh, time periods, Tim, where you've seen this, this ideology continue to hype up. Till, till we see what it is today, and that is that environment is king over people when, you know, we were definitely told we were supposed to be the stewards of the earth, not that we had to sacrifice ourselves so that the earth could live, and that's pretty much the attitude that's coming in with this, and again, this is targeting not just our kids who are old enough to critically think on their own, if they've been taught how to critically think on their own, this is targeting really early childhood education and pre preschools. Well, yeah, I mean, let's go to what the scripture says. The scripture, you know, God said that uh, He made He made the earth, He made all things in it. Then He made man, mm-hmm. and He put Him in He put Him as sort of the crowning jewel of His creation. He made Him in His own image, and then He set Him over the earth, and He said take dominion over and by the way folks he said be fruitful and multiply too he didn't say restrain uh children because of mm-hmm. how the world might be he says go and take dominion over it and so you're right we're supposed to take dominion over the earth uh be stewards of that in that we're to uh, do what we do in the earth for the glory of god not for the advancement of gaia and um whatever kind of you know worship it is of the creation. We're supposed to do all things for the glory of God. So you're saying right. that what they've done is they've stood it on its head. They've done exactly mm-hmm. what Romans 1 says, is they've rejected, they don't want to honor God as God, and so what they want to do is they want to worship the, cre- the creation uh, more mm-hmm. than the Creator uh, who is blessed forever. Right, and part of the danger about this particular stream and this place-based education is that it's being passed off as a whole child learning experience, which uh, equates into the Every Student Succeeds Act term personalized learning, where, you know, it gives this wonderful illusion that, you know, Johnny and Susie are going to get precisely what they need out of education, okay? But in the modern-day translation for this whole child stuff, it's, it's leaving academics at the door and I have seen, especially through this, you know, this mess we find our nation in, oh, well, school is so much more than going to learn. It's about, you know, a place Johnny and Susie can go get lunch, and it's a place where Johnny and Susie can go get health care, and it's a place where, and they're starting to list all these things that, no, that's not what a school was set up for. Absolutely not. So this is part of that, that whole child stuff, and it's also going after what's known as the social and emotional learning, and you and I could fill up hours of archives over those discussions we've had uh, together and then with some of your audience members about the damages with this social and emotional learning because, again, it goes in and attacks the values, attitudes, and beliefs and aligns them to a collectivism uh, uh, mindset, not the thing of, okay, my family values taught me A, B, C, and D, and I'm going to carry those on because that's a way of carrying on my family's heritage. No, suddenly that's a wrong thing to do. No, we all have to think alike. And one of the things about this collectivism that ties back to the um, consequentialism is that consequentialism is geared for business, okay? It means we plan our actions today for a result we want tomorrow. And we can do that in a business because a business 
you know, is not a person. It's it's made up of using, I mean, having people in there being used for whatever goals you've set, but it's not a, a living, breathing person. And every time we've seen public-private partnerships through the business community come at education, what has it done? It's ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. By design. By design, it's done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is all on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so it's not the schools are failing, it's not the students are failing, it's the system is succeeding okay. in doing exactly what it planned to do, and that was to make us good conformists. Right, right. Okay, so let's let's look at a couple, let's look at at least an example here. You've got uh, something sure. from the, this, uh, Catholic, the Catholic uh, schools, and mm-hmm. um, you've got an, uh, an article here from... I don't even know what that's but okay I see the the they're sort of separating it out here. The Catholic mm-hmm. Office of Education, Evangelization and Catechesis. Catechesis. So okay. they're talking about the importance of a stream curriculum. Now, mm-hmm. they're not nece- well, I guess in a way they are a business even though they're they're not mm-hmm. I, I mean they operate in a similar fashion. Uh, even though they're faith-based, if you will, I, that's really a bad way. I shouldn't have said that. They're operating out, operating outside of of government, but yet it seems like they're willing to embrace government on this issue right here. Oh, absolutely! And if you you know if you go back on my archives, you can look and see that the Catholic Church. Um, oh goodness, the Catholic women especially, uh, use grassroots efforts to attach themselves to some of the, um, United Nations, uh, development. In fact, um, and I think I have this in the resources for you to share within the archives. There's a, um, about an hour long video I did a couple of years ago where I go in how they were helpful in assigning colors that went with each of the sustainable development goals because there's some psychology in those. And that would be some interesting homework for folks. If you ever wondered why the colors are used for those, they definitely are sending a message. And the message is either we're open to uh, communication on seeing these goals uh, uh, agreed upon. We're not open. Uh, we don't care what the framework says. This is what we're doing. So, you know, it's that kind of, of psychology behind it. So that's really fascinating stuff. Okay. All right. Now, I've got that video up. You told me to go around 1254 or yeah. so. Yeah. Why don't you play that? Yeah. Let's okay. do that because I think that's very interesting for folks. How how long do you want me to play it for? Uh, if you will. Okay. It will start at 1253. I think, Tim, when I get through with the last colors and the, the little explanation okay. of why I wanted to do that, that's where you can end. All right. Here's Lynn. Remember, this is not conjecture on my part. This is not opinion. This is actual stuff that I've been able to find through many years of research. And I know on one of the last Facebook feeds I did, I was sharing with you guys about the Sustainable Development Goals. And I think I even made an offhand remark over the fact of, you know, I know they have colors, and I'm sure the colors mean something. Well, I've actually been able to find out, yes, the colors actually do mean something. So, like, again, if you're taking notes, you're going to want to write this down. Now, 17 different developmental goals. Um, I'm going to read them to you, and I'm going to show you, first of all, these are the colors. There are 17 here. These are the colors, all right? 
And I'm going to show you what the meanings mean. And these are huge if you're fighting um, to keep education local, okay? All right, our first sustainable goal is poverty. It's a red, okay? Our second one is hunger, and it's a yellow. Our third one, health, is green, okay? Fourth one, education. Now, that's not really red, but on the website, it's going to be red, okay? Now, I'm going to keep going. Uh, gender, all things gender, orange, okay? Whoops, lost my paper. <laughs> okay, anything to do with water, of course, is going to be blue. All right, anything to do with energy, yellow, okay? Uh, we're going to go with the dark pink wherever it is, and that is right here. And the pink is going to be for decent work and economic growth. Uh, number nine is going to be our light orange, so we're going to pull the orange back out again. And that's going to be for industry, innovation, and infrastructure. All right, inequality, dark pink. All right, sustainable cities, gold. All right, consume and produce is also going to be kind of a yellowish gold color. All right, uh, climate is going to be green. Ocean, of course, is going to be blue. Land is going to be green. Peace and justice is going to be a blue. And lastly, all your partners to make all this happen are going to be a blue. So basic colors, what do they mean? All right, according to a December 2015 article that I found, and this is by a group that is a non-government organization that is housed within the United Nations, and it's largely run by a big portion of the Catholic women. And this is called the UNANIMA. I do not know how to pronounce it. Uh, the first two letters, of course, stand for United Nations. The last is Latin, and it means a life principle. So now we have a group who's a non-government uh, organization, and according to their report, anything that everyone at that 2015 Sustainable Development Goals agreed on was automatically a green-colored goal. So when you see the green in the Sustainable Development Goals, it means all the member states, all the member nations were in total agreement, okay? So that's got all your greens. Okay, uh, Lana, you want me to continue on with this? Yeah, okay. yeah, we're not quite done. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Okay, yeah. the areas that were in need of work, according to this particular document, any of those were going to be marked yellow, meaning we have more work to do. We don't all agree, and we can't have common good or common people if we can't all agree. So those goals were marked yellow as knowing that they needed work, okay? Now, according to a second document, because I know that was not all the colors, and I was like, well, I know there's got to be more, so I happened to find another website, and this was called the Stakeholder Forum, and any of those reds, okay, any of those red or pinks, those are going to stand for 
areas of the sustainable development goals that are strictly outlined. In other words, the, the goals are still being worked on. So it's kind of like you've got an empty frame and no picture in it. So education is one of these. That's a huge deal, everybody. Really big, okay? All right. Uh, anything that is blue, and that was quite a bit, if you'll remember. That was the partnerships, the peace, the justice, those sorts of things. Those are post-2015 goals. So what that means is all the framework, all the guidelines, all the agreements that are going into these particular developmental goals with the blue means it's anything after 2015, which means the meeting that's going on right now has a lot to do with this. Okay. Now, anything that's orange, and you had two places that were orange. Excuse me. Didn't mean to do that. My nose is a little itchy, so hang on. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anything that is orange. Again, post-2015, but these are the areas that need more consultation. And one of those, of course, we know was uh, gender. So another biggie. So that is the color psychology behind the developmental goals. Okay. Okay, you can stop there. Okay. Okay. So what you think? I think they have lost all their crayons. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I <clears throat> look. The fact that they think that they're going to get everybody in the world, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, well, mm -hmm. I guess they don't have to get everybody in the world. They just have to get people who are in positions of authority to agree to these things, right? Right. That, am I understanding right. that correctly? Exactly. Okay. Um, and, and once they do that, then what are they going to do? I mean, how do they enforce that? Because here's the problem that I see, and we see this over a number of things. We see this with Agenda 21, 2030, and all this mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. We see that even our own country hasn't really signed on Agenda 2021, and um, but yet we're implementing it at various levels of government. Now, it, it, this is this is disturbing to me because when you get into these other things and, pe and you know, our Constitution, again, we point back to that, says, you know, a treaty has to be um, confirmed by the Senate. It has to be, you know, obviously the president works with the Senate on that. It's confirmed by them and signed off on him. And then and then it becomes valid. OK, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. but we, we're seeing implementation of things that aren't even signed, but it's still going along with the agenda. What's the concern people should have about this? Well, it would be the fact that you would have to go back. Um, let's see. As far as specifically in education, Tim, it's probably going to be about the 70s, I believe it was, where it first started cropping up in unsuspecting places like Minnesota. I mean, I did an article a couple of years ago that was called My State in the World, and I was able to find the UN mission had gone into the Minnesota Department of Education and had started implementing stuff there. If you look in the article that we're talking about today, you're going to go back and be able to see a 1977 agreement that was done over in Russia that was all about environmental education, and that's when that just kicked off. So this is this is how it's coming in, um, you know. And yes, we've had both uh, the the current president and the one who was uh, previous, immediately previous, both were very key in saying yes, we want STEM, we're funding STEM, we're using federal money for STEM. 
And that's exactly where it's coming from. So it's coming from not just a top down, but from a, you know, other parts of the world all the way down. And so that's how we're seeing it implemented. And one of the dangers with this stream and this place-based is not only does it accept and embed the sustainable development goals, but it congratulates and encourages children when they reach social social justice um, uh mentorship stage if you will because then they can go out and be a change agent for the rest of the community especially when it comes to climate change okay it also sets up an eco ambassador program that will start in attacking their uh, values and attitudes and beliefs in other words reshaping their mental health and how they look at the way that things are going and it even and there's a I think there's one of the pictures I showed you where it 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 framed it so that the fault of the earth for being the way it is right now is all due to American colonial settlers now that's teaching something that's just totally wrong now is this uh, the one our giving garden I, I believe that's what, hang on just a second, let me look, okay? Okay. Let me pull that up, I'll show, if you want to speak about, if sure. speak to that, and maybe we can yeah, come back to that. it. This is a, a nature preschool like no other, um, and uh, you've got written on here, this former pre-K teacher is describing that what a school is supposed to do in the SEL areas of a little one's mm-hmm. life, things the parents should be doing, uh, quote, a nature Preschool provides an alternate pathway from the direction many schools are heading. This doesn't necessarily prioritize children's social, emotional, emotional, and mental health well-being. Well, mm-hmm. that's not their job anyway. Um, a preschool, is, yeah. a preschool should be a place where each child can feel joy, wonder, safety, connectedness, confidence, and love. Except that's where they should be feeling it at home, not in yes. some preschool. Yes. Right, exactly, exactly. And so the one I was referring to uh, is the very last one that I sent you. It was that very last visual I sent you. So it should be all the way at the bottom. I got it. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the goal of what's going on here. And that should really cause parents to be questioning, especially when it comes to things that uh, you know, maybe they have always been able to understand this is how the world works and this is how science works and this is how, you know, I want our family to continue when Johnny and Susie start coming home from not just school, but Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, 4-H, home um, education, extracurricular classes, their churches even, youth groups, or even the um, nature preserves. This is the stuff that they are starting to bring home. Okay. Let me read just from this uh, little the image that you have out of the book there. Sure. It says, nature, sure. nature schooling is an attempt to mend our relationship with the earth, which has been interrupted through settler colonialism and unsustainable mm-hmm. industries. At this time of unprecedented climate crisis, it is our responsibility to preserve the safety of coming generations. What better way to do this than to ensure that our children are responsibly educated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be responsibly educated through these uh, indoctro education experts, right? You when- got it. Good job. <laughs> but do, when- do you see why I got so frustrated a, a little bit ago? I just could not even formulate the words. It's because, you know, if we're going to do this sort of thing, okay, if we're really going to do this sort of thing, we need to get it 
right and stop doing this on kids who are so impressionable they don't even know their belly where their belly button is but they're supposed to understand that they have to go out and and be this type of activist i i don't think that's a wise use of childhood i really think that stunts their growth well i think they're using it for for activism no doubt but mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. let's let's put it in let's put it in relationship to um religion because this is what i see it is um sure. when you when you take a child and you uh, teach them, you read to them the Bible, you do catechism with them, you uh, teach them these things, and then you, you go out and put it as an example to them. They follow mm-hmm. behind that. They follow behind that example. And uh, what I see here is, well, let me let me finish the, the little quote here, and let me, let me just sure. lay on with that. It says, when our students pause to watch a spider spinner web and examine uh, slime mold through a magnifying glass, they begin to understand the vital role each organism plays in an ecosystem. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's part of learning God's God's creation. But again, mm-hmm. they don't want you to know it's God's creation. They want to just say nature. And mm-hmm. so it says we nurture children's personal connections to God, to the creator? No, to nature, building the foundation they will need to advocate for the environment throughout their lives. Advocate for the environment. Hello, what? What? Mm-hmm. What? This is this is ridiculous, uh, and yet uh, some of the things that they 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 push are are really anti-environment. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. things some of the the things that they want to do here on under their sustainable goals are, are not even pro-environment. But here's the here's the issue. This is what I see, Lynn. They've taken uh, how God has said that that parents are to teach their kids Deuteronomy six. Uh, they've said how we're to worship the Creator. And because they don't want to honor him as God, this is Romans 1, folks. This is what it is. Because they don't want to honor the Creator as God, God turns them over to a reprobate mind. They become worthless and and fruitless in what they're doing, and they start worshiping the creation. And this is exactly what they're teaching. They're teaching the kids, hey, worship that that slime mold. Worship that spider. You know, get your focus so on those things or... Or the Gaia worship, the, the Earth worship, which the UN put promotes too with their Earth Day stuff. That's nothing more than than a religion. I, I mean, I don't see mm-hmm. it any different. And um, and and yet, let me just say this: sure, this kind of indoctrination, this kind of paganism, is what it is, is brought to you by the Church of Jesus Christ here in the United States because the Church has not stood up against it. Mm-hmm. They said, no, we're not going to put up with this. You're not going to use our money to, to teach all these kids this stuff. And, and, and then, at the very least, they won't even pull their kids out of those places and teach them rightly. They make every excuse under the sun not to do it. Right. So it's, the blame really falls on us for not mm-hmm. standing up against it and saying, no, 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 you're not going to do this because you are, you are establishing a religion, and this is forbidden in the First Amendment, uh, by way of federal dollars coming in here into schools that say you have to teach this kind of uh, religious garbage. Right. Well, now let's review the list again of where this stuff is showing up because it's not just in um, pre-K, all right? Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, 4-H, home education, extracurricular classes, church youth groups, nature preserve programs, um, extended education opportunities. So, yeah, they're going to look and sound like they're wonderful, okay? Because who, all right, let's face it, who doesn't want to go on a nature walk and, and look at all the neat and cool stuff? But again, it's 
like you said, you know, you're not looking at this from a perspective of, wow, what a cool place God made. You're sitting there going, you know, okay, this particular uh, framework says that I need to be a social justice warrior for climate change. So I'm going to go look at this um, nature walk and I'm going to see all the things that are, you know, killing this environment. And then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, you know, be a bully about how this happens. Because that's a lot of what we're seeing with this particular activist mindset. It's not go out there and be a positive change or help educate folks so they can help make uh, a positive change. It's about getting in your face and going, it's all your fault. Look at what you did. I hate you. You know, that kind of stuff. And that was exactly the vein of that, you know, it's the fault of the colonial settlers. I don't think it was, but I know it wasn't. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And if we can go back just a little bit, just to kind of show people what it used to be like. I did an article years ago. It was called, um, uh, I used to put in the search term, Education Liberty. It was a place where parents could go and Mm -hmm. they could go back to the times of the past. You say, well, we don't want to go back to the past. We don't go back. We want to move forward. Well, the only way you're going to move forward is by not going back to the bad things. And this, this earth worship stuff this indoctrination stuff is not anything new. It's not moving forward. It's moving back. And we saw this with um, uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were taken to Babylon. And they had to learn the things of the Babylonians. Uh, some of the, st- I mean, they obviously learned things that were there, but they learned a lot of stuff that, that wasn't good. But the fact of the matter was they had already been taught well, even as young men, uh, from the Word of God. And their parents were faithful in that. And we see that as they lived it out in their life. So, what I'm saying is, is they could take and go back even in our early history. You're talking about the, the settlers. What did they use? Mm-hmm. Well, they used mainly the Bible and mm-hmm. a hymnal. I mean, f- mainly for education. That's what they did. They read the Bible in the morning. They read it in the evening. Um, they had a hymnal. Even when they started public schools and stuff, uh, they would do that with the Bible and the hymnal. As it developed and more books were written and things of this nature... Uh, even those things were tied back to biblical references and pointed the people towards the Creator because the goal of their life was not to make a lot of money. It wasn't to have a good job. It wasn't to do this, that, or the other. It was to glorify God in everything that they did. And so they developed them, as we talked about before, instead of for one kind of Mm -hmm. trade, they developed them that they could take on whatever they wanted to take on, whatever their gifts that God had given them to do, they could take on and they could do those things. As a result of that, the literacy rate, even in the rural areas, rivaled anything in the you know more civilized, if you will, or whatever places out in Europe. Mm-hmm. And when you got in the cities, it was even more. And so now what we see is a, a literacy rate, which is very, very low compared to that. So what was the difference? This is what I ask people. What was the difference in then and now? I mean, we've got computers, we've got technology, you've got information at your fingertips, and yet people, for the most part, are dumber than they've ever been in this country. And I don't mean everybody. I mean, literally, some people don't even possess the, the ability to think through certain things logically. So what was the difference? Well, the difference is, is you don't teach phonic reading anymore, and without phonetics, you can't read some words, and if you can't read words, then you don't know what to do unless someone tells you what to do. I mean, we're not seeing kids be able to read Shakespeare in in its entirety. They're getting snippets 
of what Shakespeare is. Okay, so yeah, that satisfies to some degree, okay, classical literature, but not really, because what's the context? What are the characters? You know, all these other questions that can come into it. So they're being force-fed what to think, not how to think, and that's where the problem is. But, you know, you want to talk about how this is happening. In the resources that are going to be in the archives, I want folks to really look for the ones that will show you the unibody political stuff that's been going on for years to help this stuff come into fruition. Then I want you to think about the current appropriations for educate the Department of Education because the new fiscal twenty um, fiscal year twenty twenty one uh, bills have just been introduced, Tim, and that article is coming out on Thursday, so folks really need to pay attention to that because you're going to see trillions of dollars being thrown at education from every angle to try to fix it or, or streamline it, if you will. But in this H.R. 7614, that is the Appropriations for Labor, Department of Education, Health and Human Services, all right? You're going to see some pretty wicked things in there, but going on our conversation for today, uh, the social and emotional learning grants, $110 million. You can find that on page 131. Uh, you can also find that $85 million has been set aside for federal STEM funding. You can also see that uh, the career tech education that goes with all this on page 138, $1.2 billion. Special needs will be folded into all this on page 132 with $14 billion, and that will attach to every 3 to 21-year-old who is registered in the IDEA funding uh, genres. Now, why am I not surprised to see this is uh, Rosa DeLauro uh, out of Connecticut? I mean, she is nuttier than the fruitcake, and I, I just, I'm not surprised to see that this is coming uh, from her. Mm -hmm. But we'll have this link well, up so people can check it out themselves, HR seventy Yeah, exactly. But now in the archives, I also wanted to point out, you were talking about, you know, earth worship isn't new, and we know that, okay? But a lot of people don't understand it. When science was first brought about, it was the way for those iconic uh, uh, people who we know from history, where they wanted to better understand how God's world worked. They wanted to be able to help humankind. Well, when Renaissance happened... Those who didn't want to worship God said, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to put secular humanism in it. That's where the division in science came in, and it's been at war with each other ever since. But going back to our past so that we can learn our future, you also need to look in those archives. There was an article that I did. I even forgot that I did it, but I put it in with these archives because I want people to see the direction this is going and then apply it to the STEM villages and the citizen schools that are coming our way. Okay, yeah, and we've got several uh, folks mm -hmm. that we're gonna we're gonna have in the archives later this morning at sonsoflibertymedia.com, and uh, it looks like about five others. We'll have all the visuals there, plus the yep. other things that uh, Linda she she sets this up really nice because she wants you to she wants you to follow behind her and do your own homework and come to your own conclusions. It, this isn't indoctrination. This is saying here's what's going on. Now you check it out for yourself and see if you don't see come to the same conclusion. And that's why she does what she does. Lynn? Yep, uh, that is exactly it. Now, while we have a few minutes, I wanted to also talk about in the article that's coming out on Thursday that, that does detail this particular um, uh, appropriations bill. So there is one that is called H.R. 2. It's already sailed through the House. It's called the Moving Forward Act. All right? Now, it will embed education. Are you ready? 
393 different ways it will embed education. But as far as what we're talking about today with the sustainability, it is laced through every facet of American life. And I've just sat down and taken notes on this, and I'm going to try to work it into an article, but we will certainly have that on next week's show because you are not going to believe some of the the areas in which this is coming at us. And it is, you know, it's already through the House, so that means the Senate has it. Okay. All right. Uh, again, this one, that one is from um, Representative Peter DeFazio. He's the guy who introduced it. And mm-hmm. he, introdu- he introduced it, what, uh, last month? Six yeah. Eleven. That's when he introduced it. Yeah. All these bills that I've just brought up that are in that Thursday article have just in the past month been introduced. So these are not ones that have been sitting around for a while. But what is so scary about this HR2 is that some of the it's got like several laws built in to this one mega law because this particular bill, Tim, is 2,706 pages, 30 of which just introduce all the sections for all the subcategories of everything this is going to attach to. So any infrastructure you could possibly think of, schools, uh, your, your waterways, your home, your, your family, it's coming at them. This is absolutely incredible that uh, these representatives come in with mm-hmm. what two thousand pages of, uh, of, of of for one bill. There's no way mm-hmm. you. Could, I don't care. You know, Rand Paul made this this um, statement several years ago when it mm-hmm. started coming out that what they were getting they were getting fifteen hundred page bills dropped on them with five minutes to look at them or even yep. a week. Uh, and he said, look. You have to not only just read it, but half the time it's saying you got to change this to that and the other. And he says you have to go over here to to this um, th- this statute, and you got to look at it and see what's being taken out and what's being put. In. And he was talking about how much time it would take if just somebody did that, just to go through <laughs> a small a small bill. You know, this guy DeFazio did not write this bill. This no, came outside. No this way. Came, yeah, this yeah, came there outside. Yeah, there is no way. This came outside, and it should be rejected. This is what I this is what I think. I think all of these bills should be rejected upon submission if the guy didn't write it himself. Right, and this is where we have the the public private partnerships biting us in the bottom is because government has allowed private business to infiltrate politics. It shifts the control from we the people to either the federal government by themselves or in conjunction with corporate um, giants. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Yeah, and rest assured, they have their best interests at heart, not ours. <laughs> oh, no, and it, it, it's going to be, you know, and it's going to hit us really hard um, connected to the USMCA. And we've talked about that several times as well because it it controls what education level you get, what type of job you get. And so now we're saying, okay, well, okay, let's say you don't get a good job. Well, I guess you can go be an echo ambassador. <laughs> and I'm not being serious. I'm I'm trying to be very sarcastic, but it's it's just so frustrating to me to see that and this is one of the things I'm going to point out in the Thursday article. Okay, yeah, we're going to call out Congress's stupidity, but we've got to start calling out our own for not standing up and saying, no, we cannot have this happen. 
you know, well, maybe the, they're testing it out with little Greta Thornburg, and then maybe that's what they're what what this is all about. They're they're testing they're testing the waters there on how good the indoctrination worked on little Greta, and it seems to it seems to have done the trick. And you know, I I feel sorry for kids like her who or who have been so indoctrinated like that, and then they get used. They don't even know they're being used. They think they're being right. applauded and and lifted up, but they're being used to advance their agenda. And once they're done with her, they'll discard her too. Um, just like they do, that's what right. we call them useful idiots. They're they're useful to a certain time, and they don't realize they're being used, and then you're discarded. Well, here's another here's another little thought. Okay, whether you really know who she is or who she isn't, okay, depending on where you get your information from, there are little girls and little boys who now call her a hero. So think about that. No, I know, and I'm glad that there are some other young people. There's another young lady, um, I forget her name, but uh, mm-hmm. she hasn't gotten quite the, much, as, uh, the amount of attention as Greta has. But pretty sharp little girl. There's a couple of things I disagree with her, but she's, she's a young lady. So uh, she's coming right. along, she's very articulate, <clears throat> and she's able to speak on her own. She can just turn on the camera, her own little camera, and do her YouTube thing or whatever, and she can speak that way. A very mm-hmm. articulate young lady. And so I know there are some out there who do have that ability to think. Um, and again, I don't think all is lost. I think we see a lot of bad stuff. But let's just remember something. God has always throughout history used mm-hmm. small amounts of people, not the large numbers of people um, to do his will, but he's used small amounts of people. And so right. I think that's the part where I gain some encouragement, even after I get through all the stuff like what you put out here, of the frustration <laughs> of what of what is coming. It's like, why has somebody not put the kibosh on this already, but they haven't? Right. Well, one of the reasons why I do what I do, and we do this show every week, is so that we can give the people the information, we can educate them, and they can take it to their local areas and go, okay, what am I really seeing, and let me hold so-and-so and such-and-such accountable. Now, if they're not doing that, that's not on you and I, that's on them. We're doing our part of this teamwork. They've got to get out there and do their part. And until that happens, uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of the same old stuff happen. I mean, you know, that's why I posted today on Facebook, you know, I could say I don't read fiction anymore, but then I read congressional bills, so go figure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I know, Lynn, I know. And we appreciate your time. I know the people uh, who come online and who listen really appreciate the information you give because uh, you're giving them the truth about what's going on so that they can act. We're not giving it to you so you say, oh, I have my fill of information today. We're giving it to you so that you can act. And Lynn, you, we Absolutely. About, we got about 30 seconds here. Tell people where oh, they can sure. find out more about you. Okay. Uh, CommonCoreDiva.com. There is a donate button if you'd like to donate. If not, that's okay, too. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Parlor. You can find me on MeWe, LocalActivist.org. <laughs> me on Amazon or Firestick under the Breaking News Journal, Common Core Diva Channel, and uh, Facebook. All right, that's Lynn, and sorry about a cough there. I thought I had that off. Uh, and if you want to support the Sons of Liberty, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can become a son or daughter of Liberty. Help us every month, or you can donate one time. We appreciate all your support in the chat room, and that way, and uh, 23 hours, we'll be back with you. See ya. <laughs>